I was in that class and like a couple theater classes and I was just like on chill mode all the time and I was like wow this is great this is so cool yeah and watching like Owl House and then I got a call and it was Max he's like can you come help us I was like yeah I, I think so let me check my schedule huh wide open yeah <laughs> Welcome to the Don't Mind Me podcast, a podcast where I get to hang out with my friends and you get to listen. I am Bryce and I am joined by Mitch, aka Hi. Matchbook. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. I um I slept for 17 hours last night and woke up today. That sounds in, incredible. In a state of haze. So I'm I've shaken it off and I'm here now. 17 hours <laughs> is sounds like my dream. Yeah. <laughs> I was asleep for 17 hours because I have a sleep disorder and my sleep medicine doesn't work well with that. And then at previous to that, I had stayed up for 26 hours because my sleep schedule drifts so much and I had class in the morning. Yeah, yeah. you are notorious for just like either just being up all of the time or just being dead. Sleep is a suggestion. Yeah, lately it's just been like, for me, sleep is something else. Because I will, if I go to sleep uh, at like 1030 or earlier... I will wake up at five or earlier and I'm just like, yeah, why? I've, I've tried every time to fall asleep and my body just consistently will like fall back to like, hmm, you know, what sounds like a good time to go to sleep. 7 a.m. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I have a job from noon to five. So it's still like my sleep schedule is still like decent, but it ends up being I go to sleep at midnight and wake up at eight, which is like oh. exactly eight hours. I don't know how my body does it, but that's where we're at. I found some success with like waking up way early, like 5 a.m. But I, the eight o'clock time specifically, like the normal wake up time for nine to five hood is like just the most degrading thing to my one, my mental and two, my like ability to focus on anything at all because my body, I can't sleep at night, just can't fall asleep. Yeah. So what I do to fall asleep is I have a bunch of things going on. So I have my fan on and then I have a like a white noise or like river sounds. And then I'll just like because I have YouTube premium. So I'll just like turn my phone off, leave that sound the only thing that's going. And then I have my room like pitch black. YouTube premium gang parenthesis not sponsored. Yeah, no, but it's like basically make enough noise so that my brain doesn't have time to think and then not enough light where my brain is like, ooh, pretty light. I, I don't know. I just lay there with the, the deep cosmic horrors floating through my mind. Or Fair. alternatively, I do math and then I'll sit there thinking about the math problems I was doing and getting like proofs. And then get really frustrated and then I'll do it. I'll work the proof out in my brain and have to like get up and like run away and go write it down in the notebook before I forget or fall asleep, which certainly doesn't help. Do proofs in the morning, kids. Or don't and be happy. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> so we can get into the first half. The first question that I have is how long we've been friends. Uh, and I'll let okay. you go first. So I think we've been friends since about a year and like some months ago. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's not been terribly long. It, we had like bumped into each other a few times, but we, I think our friendship mostly started when we had class with Dr. Hansen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that at one point I sent a message during class and you called me out for it. And I just like snickered a little bit in class. And I was just <laughs> yeah. like, bro, don't call me out. Let me have this. <laughs> Yeah. No, that, that class, that class was a really good class. And oh, yeah. I think that's like, it just, when you're reading everyone else's stuff every week, it really provides a window into what they're thinking about and what yeah. they're like worried about and what they're like excited about in a way that people don't always have time for with new people all the time mm -hmm. um so it was like I, I i had a lot of people i met in that class that i like ended up becoming pretty good friends with like uh Kristen and um kylie as well who were mm -hmm. in there that both of them i remember just being like i didn't even know who you were before this and we like <laughs> literally walked past each other in the hallway every day and now i'm like well you're like super cool and like there are a ton of people in that class who were thinking about really interesting things and just having to write about it made us all like get to see what people people were you know what keeps them what makes them tick i guess yeah and i was gonna say because i i knew kind because you were in max's twitch chat um yeah. so i 
had a vague awareness <laughs> of your existence. Yeah, I know. And then like that. And then like, I, I went to Runza enough that I think I like saw you in the behind the drive through person a yeah. few times. I, was, like, <laughs> I know that person from discord, but it's like weird if I say something. So like, I'm not going to say something. Yeah. And then, then we did get to know each other in person and it wasn't weird anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but we can kind of move on to how we met. I'm going to let you kind of discuss like your perception of like how we met. Okay. I'm trying to think because I I think that the first time we met, I want to say that like, okay. So for like first time we encountered each other, I want to say was a show, but I'm trying to think what show it would be because during COVID there were like no shows until there were shows again. But I'm trying to think what shows Max would have been in, That he, but maybe it was the recital. I don't know. So I'll do the first time that we actually like met and talked, which I, I'm not sure. I know we had talked in like a big group public chat on Discord, and then I mm-hmm. think it was in the class. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm wrong. I think it is in like the class, like the first day I was like, hi, Bryce. And you were like, hi. And I was like, first step taken first step first step first steps maybe i'm wrong i mean like there's there's like twitch chats where like i don't know that we were like directly talking to each other so much as like reacting to the same content in the chat and then like memeing which is like you know like it's not necessarily that we knew each other so much as we're in the same community does that make sense Oh yeah, no, that makes complete sense. So I guess I I also don't really remember which show it was. Did you see Marat Saad? Because it, no. if you did, then it's a good chance it was that. If you didn't, then it's probably not that. No, I, so I'm trying to think after with, that with Marat Saad, oh, it was probably Nightfall actually. I uh, think it was Nightfall. Um, but with Murat Saad, uh, I was going to go with uh, the theater director um, at the community college, which uh, we're not going to name specific names because I don't want to get doxxed. But the oh, no. the community college that, um, that Max and I went to together, the theater director offered to take some of the people in the theater production to see Max. But that was literally right around when COVID was happening. <laughs> So I was like, I don't know if I want to go to a big populated condensed theater. Good news. The audience for that show was not very populated by the end. Yeah. Oh, I love that show. But uh, it had so many problems, but I love that show. <laughs> so Nightfall, uh, I remember going to see Nightfall and then you were there for one of the nights and i was there every night fun fact no what, i was running the board I, for that show i was gonna say you were there one of the nights that i went and you stayed after and talked to max and that was my first like i think seeing you in person and then a while later i don't remember how much later probably like maybe a year later or something i went to go so i was i was gonna interview max for a uh, school project for one of my classes and i was having i was just struggling with the the um the lapel mic and Max is like, oh, you should just call Mitch. And I was like, I'll... I remember this. <laughs> I remember this now. And then he called you. I forgot this happened. And that's that's like the first, that's that's how I remember us kind of like actually having a conversation. Like that's, <laughs> that's like the first. But yeah, I just remember that. And that was kind of the, the first like, that's, that's kind of how I figured we met really is like the show and then camera problems. Yeah, I hate those cameras uh, with a burning passion. They were certainly interesting. <laughs> the the way they handle audio intake is just the most silly confusing way that the switches could be labeled i've worked with a lot of cameras after that and plugged in many freaking microphones to many cameras and it's just like why did they make this so like obtuse on this camera specifically and then why did we buy this camera specifically for this client uh, yeah if silly. i if i remember correctly the the only issue was that i just didn't press the button that on the um basically i just didn't press the button to like turn on the lapel mic like on on the cord there's a non-obvious switch to turn on phantom power which is like one of the most needed things and i'm sure that like people who use those cameras just like read it in the manual once and they're like oh yeah all right whatever and then they do it for the rest of their life but like getting a camera like that for the class where it's like one of the most common things you would need is like kind of obtuse and yeah for a class it's it's a little silly and it wasn't until professor it wasn't until later that i realized that the first portion of the interview i just didn't have the lapel mic on so it was just camera mic i did that also one time so i so like i only knew about that because and max only knew that i knew about that because previously i had paid max like 
50 bucks or something. I think it was 50, maybe it was 100 to act in a really crappy like final project for a class. Mm -hmm. And I, for this final project for the class, I had written a monologue for another class. I was in a playwriting class Mm -hmm. and this video class, I was like, well, I have to come up with something to record. I might as well record something I've already written because I don't really want to like write. Wait, is this Rambler at Rest? Yes, this is Rambler at Rest. This is the origin story of, this is the origin story of the video that I had that aired at the local theater uh, or that screened at the local theater, which so the story behind it screening at the local theater is I had made a another um, like mini documentary about my brother who has Down syndrome and is nonverbal. And Rosdell was like really trying to get me to it was kind of not finished fully, partially because I would have had to drive three hours home to like get more footage. Um, yeah. To tell the story I wanted with it. And I just I constantly had a ton of credit hours and really didn't in my head. I was like, yeah, like some summer I'll finish this. But really, I was never going to finish it, probably. And he really wanted me to just say like fuck it get everything edited down and did mm-hmm. something that could screen and i was like nah just use the other video and his his face was just like okay dude and i was like eh. I, I didn't really want rambler to rest there either but like you know it is what it is hey but it's max <laughs> though so it is max max did an amazing job just the like whole concept of rambler at arrest is like i made this thing really like <laughs> fast for my final as after I had done like four other final projects that semester and just needed to like, it was supposed to be fast, but instead it was like, I recorded it on this, like the windiest day of all time. Yeah. Didn't have the mic on in the first place. Then we came back and the record breaking day for (laughs) wind was the day we decided to record the reshoot. And so then we had a third read, like third rescheduled shooting of it. And then it was finally done. It was just, ugh. What a disaster. What a disaster. Yeah, I and remember... someone had the audacity to show it to the public. I remember that because I was in that same class, but just later. And then my final project for the video class... Uh, I was going to interview my grandpa who I, I like basically the, the, the idea was I was just going to do an like interview like documentary style video of my grandfather and it was not great. I didn't have it super finished. And then when I sent it to the professor, he was like, this is really bad. <laughs> and he, he was like, I wish you would have probably sent this to me a little sooner. And I was like, okay, well I'll just figure something out with the footage that I have and ended up making basically just a little documentary story style of how my grandfather met my grandmother, which turned out really well. I got a B, so... Hey, let's go. That was pretty much last minute, too. I was like, uh, I will just do this instead video is so hard i'm always like my little brother has a like actually pretty successful youtube channel and i'm just like ah oh, but editing makes me so sad he's like it makes me sad too but it also makes me money and now i have infinite pizza so yeah you got me there dude editing you got me there editing audio is way easier in my opinion <laughs> um, it depends oh, it just uh, I, I can't like so i've talked to other people about video stuff and they're like i can picture stuff in my head and like know the timeline i want and they're all they show me their storyboards and they're like just amazing and i'm like my storyboards are like stick figures i might as well just yeah. like write down i i could honestly do a better storyboard if i just like wrote down what i wanted for each shot and then like edit to chat gpt or like like yeah. whatever uh like mid journey or something but before we go too much on a tangent, I want to discuss, I guess, first impressions or like kind of go over a little bit more first interactions, but we kind of already touched on first interactions. I'll, I'll start with you. What were your first impressions of me? I think my first impressions of you were I knew you were Max's friend. I thought you were fairly quiet. I'm um, trying to think. I felt like you were very either not wanting to participate in conversations or took a while to formulate your thoughts and then put in input and i couldn't decide which one it was i couldn't decide <laughs> if it was like a, i don't want to be here or like a i'm thinking about what other people are saying and i think i came we to the conclusion autism. eventually that it was more number two it was more <laughs> of the thinking but maybe maybe it was a little i don't want to be here too i don't know you can tell me i'm pretty sure I, i'm on the, the spectrum a little bit that that probably answers your question i think a lot of people are like more more neurodiverse than they think they are probably or like than, than they were led to believe they were when they were young but my i guess for 
first impression of you, I guess, just going off of, I guess, the first sort of, or the first few, like, interactions that I had, you, you were, like, very willing to help, even though we hadn't really known each other, other than, like, Discord, and you were trying your best, and you were like, this is not your fault, like, at all. <laughs> going back to the, the camera story where it was just like, this is not your fault, I'm gonna help as much as I can. Yeah, that was kind of the first impression I got, was like, thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you, because <laughs> we... I'm pretty sure you were just like laying in your dorm room bed just doing nothing and you're like oh well I or I don't know if you were doing nothing but it was just like yeah I think <laughs> I think this was during the like the one semester where I had like the almost no workload I was taking like an American sign language class and like just watching cartoons whenever I wasn't taking I was in that class and like a couple theater classes and I was just like on chill mode all the time and I was like wow this is great this is so cool yeah and watching like Owl House and then I got a call and it was max he's like can you come help us I like yeah I, I think so let me check my schedule Ah, huh, wide open yeah, I yeah. <laughs> no but the fact that you were just so willing to help it was it was a little awkward but it was just like yeah i mean you were down i don't think because i think we figured out the problem on our own but it was still just like i was very appreciative of like your willingness to just help but yeah and then when we had and when we talked a little bit more i guess honestly i was a little intimidated by your writing because i was like because when i was in that class with everybody like half of that class was in the newspaper and i was like i don't know what i'm doing i'm just i'm just here and there were a lot of people in the newspaper in that class it was like it was like actually it was like three quarters of the class and here i am i haven't written since i was an english major really and i'm in this class with a bunch of people in the newspaper and i'm like uh (laughs) you know having to read what you wrote and like reading your blog posts and stuff it was basically just like this guy is extremely smart and i mean I don't like considering I like I'm smart but I don't like considering myself smart but it was just like reading your writing is like wow kind of like me a little bit but like I'm not as good as writing I feel like we also bonded a little bit over like kind of political opinions during that class, oh yeah where it was like we very much saw a lot of the same issues with yeah yeah state politics especially and like some national issues as well i would say that we were like we chatted briefly about but yeah more yeah so like on discord then like people are like posting links and like either memeing about it or like just posting hot takes and I, I feel like we shared a very similar pool of like content that we consumed in terms of like political discourse oh or, like, yeah maybe not the exact same people but like you know i i, I don't want to out you as like nasty one way or the other unless you're comfortable being outed as nasty one way or another <laughs> what does nasty mean well like you know um just neutrally like on one side you have someone like uh ben shapiro on the other side you have someone like hassan piker you know like oh uh, sort I, I of you. like these yeah I, I don't, you know what i'm saying i don't i don't think they're like necessarily actually nasty well i think one of them is is more nasty than the other i mean yeah I mean, we don't have to talk about politics but yeah i, I see what you're saying because i don't want to i know we we talk politics but i actually don't want this podcast yeah, yeah, to get yeah super political because i'd be here for hours it's tangential to like our friendship but like i do think yeah, that yeah, is yeah something yeah. that like we both saw in each other is like yes we like are concerned about similar issues was a was a way to kind of like have something to talk about like a basis for interaction my psych friends are always yeah. talking about i would always try to make some of my psych friends like interact with my theater friends and i was like hey come have lunch and they're like no and i was like why not and they're like i have no basis for interaction with these people and i'm like yes you do it's eating lunch that's the basis yeah. for interaction <laughs> It doesn't have to be the classes you're in. It could literally just be music. Yes, it, it could be literally anything. I, I think that's like, this is kind of a tangent, but like uh, on a meeting people level, like I think wearing band shirts is actually really valuable or like wearing like a shirt of like a cartoon you like or like a video. Oh game yeah. Like, especially in college. Cause it's like, I remember when I was packing my laundry and my mom was like, you can't take only graphic tees to college. And I'm like, yes, I can. Yes, I can. <laughs> and this is how I'm going to make friends watch. And it, it was literally how I made friends. So yeah, that, that in theater, theater kind of like comes with friends um unless you're a prick if you're a prick it doesn't but yeah. most people aren't so it luckily most people aren't no it's definitely finding those like little niches in your community that just like making friends a whole lot easier you said the like the psych students were like they referred to the basis of interaction is that like something that they did a lot 
No, not always, but it's like it, it depended on the context. It was like one of them does it more than others. And it, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but like so they don't refer to basis of interaction a lot as a way to like get out of things. But it is kind of their like way of saying I'm going to be gone soon. I'm like graduating in December. I like if I make new friends now, it's like a bad time. And it's like maybe, but I just think you can usually benefit from having more people, you know, especially more people who you know who are like maybe interested in things further away from what you're interested in um yeah which like obviously like having the connection like forms a nice nice way for you to be like already socially cohesive that's like the most nerdy way of saying it but like you can already get close if you have something that you're both interested in uh that you share but i think a lot of times there's more value maybe in having relationships with people who are interested in like things that you haven't even thought of that could maybe be interesting from your point of view you know what i mean yeah i like taking people like pop music to metal concerts is what i'm saying (laughs) no and kind of to that point is like when i first got to the university i joined a uh student org that was basically based on like discussing politics at a very like neutral level and suddenly it's like oh wow now i know poli sci students and i end up in the poli sci building a lot that's weird and i'm also i like infiltrated one of their group chats somehow and i'm like i don't know all of these people but like i do yeah i am interested in what they are thinking about things so i'll stay and lurk yeah but it's just kind of weird when you like dip your toe into something and then you end up somewhere wild i think the internet enables that a lot too i think like oh yeah i think a lot about like online friendships especially with like uh with max's community like how that has grown and now like we talk to people who we would like not have a basis for interact of interaction for like there's people from australia there's people from europe who we would literally never meet in our like normal life just based on geography but now we have like something to talk about even if it's maybe not always one-on-one maybe it's more like a public chat room format but yeah I, i think that online interaction is like one can be really toxic but yeah beyond that when it's not really toxic i think it's like actually insanely beautiful and awesome and like i maybe i'm biased because like that's kind of how i got through middle school because i didn't really <laughs> have real life friends in middle school i had like a ton of online friends from yeah. a role play minecraft server i played on but like <laughs> i think that those were actually like really valuable and helping me to develop into a person who is socialized in a way that's like positively mm-hmm. socialized and not negatively socialized hopefully like that's kind of like a biased self-perception of myself but you know i worry that a lot of the internet now doesn't like there's not as many communities which sounds weird to say because there's like obviously tons of communities but because everything is like in this big community soup platform whatever on like the major like on yeah TikTok, you scroll and you're like bouncing from community 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 to community and you're not spending a lot of time in one place same goes for like any of the platforms like youtube twitter Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's Twitter. You just have takes about everything. Yeah, I agree. It's Twitter. But, you, you know, like you go on there now and it's just like you cannot avoid takes about something you are trying to avoid. Uh, we I say that in the context of Israel-Palestine conflict right now. It's like, yeah. you will see everyone's take. Most of them are useless. Most <laughs> of them are toxic. They just are there. And it's really like saddening. Yeah. Uh, to watch the whole one watch the real world issue and then to watch people like form these communities that are based around fighting other people online in a way that's like just the most totally useless thing on the planet instead of like i don't know sharing the the sadness that is it's like happening in the world it's like a jackson pollock's painting of takes online (laughs) yeah yeah and i am a huge like i i I don't know that i'm an apologist anymore for like the internet and how awesome it is but like i really having experienced firsthand like how powerfully helpful the internet can be in terms of like having a social net that you can like rely on and people you can talk to it has always been really important to me that like that being a way that the internet continues to function and Mm -hmm. i i get sad when i see it not functioning that way and yeah companies doing their best to kind of like because they don't make money from people like sitting in these like side public chat rooms right they make money from people scrolling through the feed bouncing from context to context and getting just lots and lots of ads in front of their eyeballs Um, or in the case of like youtube like youtube premium is like you know a way that they make money but it's still almost all in their ads which they that is too bad (laughs) but moving on to the next question is why are we still friends 
I think a lot of it is the Slam Jamly community. And then I have my like super secret Discord where yeah. I just post links to video essays and stuff. But I think definitely Slam Jamly is like a big social glue that yeah. has brought a lot of people together. And then, I don't know, it's, I've talked to him about it and he is really happy that it's done the things that it's done uh, in terms of bringing people together. Sorry, as my cat was like, trying to come <laughs> give her opinion on the mic yeah no I, I think definitely that's it and then again like what we were talking about before with like things that we're both interested in we've like continued to chat about it whether if that's uh in my super secret discord or in the slam jamly discord i think yeah because it's you know communicating through because like i guess the other part of this question is what is it about me personally that you're like yeah this guy i'll still be friends with this guy i think about you personally is i I like your practical approach to like politics and also just I I like your practical approach to like thinking about okay oh my god (laughs) like ambushing this your cat is trying to take you down my my monitor is no longer on oh no she's literally trying to just take you down figured out the problem what was the problem okay my cat jumped landed on a power strip oh my god uh, that my pc was not plugged into but my monitor was so (laughs) my monitor turned off okay so i think a lot of it is like uh and talking about like the political issues that we care about together i like your sort of more like grounded approach to it so i'm always in this really uh, i guess heady world like i read theory too much probably and i don't really interact theory. with social politics on a like ground level every day theory can only get you um, so far theory can only get you so far i think it's like valuable in some ways but also it's like you gotta like go and talk to people and i don't really always one have the time because of my studies uh but two when i do have the time i don't get super involved on the ground level politically because one sort of where we live is a component of it and two there's like easier things you know like it it is easier at the end of the day to go home and play league of legends than it is to like go to a political organization meeting and especially when sometimes they don't always feel the most valuable to sit in a political organization meeting because it's like most of us agree about the same thing and i could probably get these opinions on twitter but then it's like (laughs) what happens at the end of the meeting where they organize like hey we're gonna go do these things that's like actually important you know what i mean yeah i i i say that as someone who like doesn't is not very involved in the like it could be a mischaracterization but like the couple of times i have gone to things like that it was very like everyone patting each other on the back a little bit and i was like i don't, I don't know yeah I don't know. I, I got, but I didn't feel like when I was interacting with you that it was a like rub on the back. And there were things that I know that we have talked about in Discord and disagreed on in like nuanced ways, not in like broad ways. And I, I usually I'm like, <laughs> write a message and get all cranky. I mean, I'm just like, bro, chill. <laughs> Does that does that answer the question? Oh yeah, no, that that answers question. And then so kind of going the other way is the reason I'm still friends with you is kind of similar. Basically, it's like you are very intelligent, and we can kind of have the same sort of level of conversation. And it's like you have a very eloquent way of writing, and I don't exactly. <laughs> but basically, it's like you are a bit more intellectual, and I always enjoy just like having that sort of conversation it's not like i'm an intellectual also it's it's more like i don't know just having a sort of an educated discussion where we can be like civil and we can just like you know still be okay with each other at the end is is super important so yeah i agree yeah very very that's a good way of putting it you know i i suck at speaking like if i if i was writing i could have come up with that phrase probably but yeah i think that the way you've just put it is like very much how I feel about like my interactions with you when we're discussing like like these topics about things that are happening in the world. But yeah, basically just having a good discussion about it and being, you know, decent and civil and still coming together at the end and just being like, yeah, man, I don't know. World's crazy. The world is crazy. It, it just that's fact it is you know something that i look out for is like how how seriously are we going to take our you know disagreements or or whatever you know because we don't always agree but it's like like how serious like how how important is this slight disagreement to our friendship when 
it's like it doesn't really yeah. matter that much as opposed to like doing politics on twitter where you have like one slightly deviating take out of 10 and right it's calling you like a nasty horrible person yeah uh twitter never change uh twitter one dollar <laughs> subscriptions now it's one dollar now well i think for new users it's gonna be a dollar i don't want to pay i i'm not a new user so i uh, think i'm grace period i don't know i don't know how it works i'm I genuinely don't care. My days on Twitter care. are probably numbered, honestly. They they probably should have been, like they probably should be in the negative numbers right now, but um, they have been for a while, I think. I I keep using it. I just like I just like seeing tweets from the yeah. science people I follow and yeah, and I, it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. So bad. The last question or topic that I have for the first portion is one thing we can do to improve our friendship. Interact more, he says, looking at his like grad school calendar and <laughs> <laughs> when when do I have time to do things? But I I don't know. I say that and then I like end up wasting a ton of time doing like procrastinating essentially. Yeah, um, playing video games and watching shows. I I definitely think it's like I think one thing that I've discovered works well for like forming friendships is like organizing like events. Yeah, e- either like one on one events are fine. But, like yeah, they're not always great. But like saying like hey let's all get on and play games. Yeah, like um, League of Legends. I have now referred to three times, so I'm gonna talk about <laughs> Clash. There's their league has these like sanctioned tournaments that happen every couple weeks, and when they happen, it's just like you know people always get on on Discord and the Discord where I play League, but it's like you know people just pop in, pop out, they're talking, people are talking over each other, but then like you give someone like the common goal of we're all playing in a tournament now, and then it's you have like a prolonged period of time where everyone is dedicated to solving the same problem and is on the same team and yeah. has to cooperate, and I think those kinds of like like events where you're playing like cooperative games are a really strong way to build relationships with people so what you're love stakes too so what you're saying is we need to start playing Baldur's gate 3 <laughs> oh, oh, I, I have a current co-op of it and i'm just like we're halfway through i think act two we're pretty close to act two yeah I'm, i think halfway i'm and, i'm like, in act two right now happened. yeah Grad school happened. I've just been like, oh, I want to play this so bad. I want to play this so bad. But I don't have time. So what I what I did with my friend who I've been playing it with this is like, okay, I still have all these deadlines, but let's pick this day of the week and just say this is our night where we like take four or five hours and just play Baldur's Gate. Yeah. And that has been, I've only done that like starting this week, but I, I think that that's going to work. I think that that's going to be a solution. We also end up playing like League a lot together anyway. So it's like, yeah. but you know, I think sitting down and like actually looking at your calendar and being like when am i gonna hang out with friends this week and picking a time and picking an activity to do with friends yeah is a great way to like strengthen friendships um just in a like general broad way yeah so like yeah i'm 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 down to play games i i just saw this uh new multiplayer game that's like a platforming kind of i don't want to say it's like smash because it's really not like smash but like it's a platformer that's just fun 2d platformer you like jump off i'm i can't explain it without showing you a youtube show yeah. It's been ruined by YouTube shorts, but yeah, we can talk about um, it later. No, it, it's really good. Yeah, no, we should. I think it would be a hit with uh, some of the other people we know too. We could get a lot yeah. going. Yeah, no, I think honestly, just interacting more, just just saying like, "Hey, are you alive?" Because it's like you and and uh, Weem are both just like you'll just disappear for a long time and then you'll be like hey i'm back and we're like yo they're alive i have shit to do don't bother me (laughs) yeah i'm never in don't bother me but i am in like oh man i don't know if i have time right now on on discord uh the only two people that i know have do not disturb are you and dweem i turned (laughs) i don't remember oh no i do know why i turned mine on i turned mine (laughs) on so i didn't get notifications all the time yeah because they're just blowing me up because i don't want to turn that server on do not disturb yeah. as a server i want to keep getting like the little white dot i want that still yeah but i don't want to be pinged every time on my phone that that is why i have that uh, also so if i leave it on all the time then no one can tell when i'm actually on and yeah I don't, uh, that's a bad reason but but now we can move on into the second half hey there future bryce popping in to just say thank you so much for listening this podcast means a lot to me and it makes me very happy to know that you all are listening and enjoying the podcast thank you and let's get into the second half
I feel like talking about, because you're in graduate school. I am. What are you studying again? So I am a master's in media student mm-hmm. who is concentrated in data journalism. So what I'm studying currently in my classes, uh, which is separate from the research lab I work in, I'm currently studying uh, data science in one set of classes. And then another set of classes is just a broad overview of some of the like main critiques and main theories of how media works and most of that is in the context of how the press so journalism whether it be broadcast or print or whatever new forms are forming that's kind of what i study in both those areas and then my research lab that i work in i am working in a lab that studies fashion and how fashion specifically relates to people's like political opinions is kind of what we're working on right now interesting uh and i don't do a lot of the analysis for that i mostly do interviews with people who wear particular items of clothing and ask them what that means to them and why they choose to like wear items that are very like have a lot of political meaning yeah that's that's what we do in there and i'm not not super invested in that work but i get paid for it so i hell yeah be invested in something for money even uh, yeah that that's my secret i as much as a nasty like wag my tongue about consumerism person as i am I uh I do still like money because I have to pay rent and my bills. Hey, money it helps you live. So yeah, and one other <laughs> thing, like I would I want to study more like network theory and there's a con- I really like math in undergrad. My first semester I was a math major before mm-hmm. uh Max's girlfriend like actually like strong armed you into doing put theater me, put me onto a whole new like life track on accident. So yeah, no is. It was a whole thing. And yeah, theater was fun, but I'm now like wake up every day in a cold sweat and be, go, I should have stayed a math major. Yeah, I, I like math and I want to do more research, more mathematical concepts and then apply them to communication studies because I think there are a lot of people in communication studies who are not the mathiest people and i don't mean that in a derogatory way they're really really smart they know i a lot about communication i completely agree with you i (laughs) not everyone thinks about it rigorously i think is like from a like and you know there's there's valid critiques of like this rigorous approach but i think there's also value to be had in like using things like graph theory from math to explore social relationships and just explore the way that messages spread through communities and spread from one community to another. I think there's a lot of value there. And yeah, yeah I just, I, I just think it's interesting too. like these two worlds that are like full of these people who are like mathematicians a lot of time are like, I don't want to write. So I want to do math. And then there's like, or make like, that's like their, like their early decision that they make in like grade school level. And then there's like communication people who are like, I hate math class, but I really like writing. And then by the way that the system is set up, set on these like opposite paths, And I've always been someone who really likes everything and wants to know everything and wants to know how ideas relate to each other. So math and like communication, both are things that I'm really interested in and I'm really interested in how they interact with one another. And I'm doing the thing that people in grad school do where they like just like go on about like 10 tangent topics that they're really interested in. But I'm also really interested (laughs) in science communication. So like how people communicate about math and science is really interesting to me because I think there are more people who don't like math that could be math enjoyers. I mean, I can do math, but I'm much more interested in like semiotics and like what things mean to people and how it means and how it spreads rather than like categorizing like how it can spread or like the possibilities of like graphing where things go. Like that that's the only reason that I'm not like super into math. I have like, good news for you. You're doing those things are all highly mathematical. I mean in a categorizing in a, like in a non arithmetic way. So yeah. a lot of times people is their main interaction with math is through like arithmetic and maybe they get up to like trigonometry maybe they get up to calculus and then all of a sudden they never need math again they like are done yeah and it's like those aren't necessarily like if you're going to be engineering something or like doing something that requires a lot of statistics like those and don't get me wrong communication research does rely on statistics but like oh yeah it also like by i think statistics is way overrepresented and also like the math track that is required to like make sense of statistics is like 
since you kind of have to start early on that track or you're going to miss the bus, mm-hmm. it creates a situation where people don't get exposed to a different kind of math, which is more like of a problem solving and like thinking about how systems work and thinking about like relationships between objects. And I, I just, ah, it makes me, it breaks my heart that people don't like get to see a Klein bottle in a high school classroom most of the time. And like, I, that's another reason I think the internet is awesome. Cause like, I would never have seen something like the guy who has a thousand Klein bottles under his porch and is just super excited about it and has a, this like really colorful Klein bottle scarf or it, it's a Mobius strip scarf. Either way, um, <laughs> there, there's like people on the math community who are like really like funny and obsessed with things. And I appreciate that energy. Yeah. And, and I, that's one of the reasons I appreciate the theater world as well, because there are people who are like way energetic and really just like, throw their all into things which i really appreciate for me it's it's more about like the meaning of things and i guess not necessarily how it spreads but why things and ideas spread is is just so interesting to me it is i took uh, diffusion class and that was just like that was my like first moment when i was like i always knew that like on a like base level that i could uh make math and communication research interact and then that class like showed me concrete examples of what that looks like and it was just like yes this this is it this is the stuff right here like this is what i want to continue pursuing and maybe not exactly like that class was really focused on like actual concrete like hardware innovation but thinking about how like ideas and like software spreads is is awesome and really cool and yeah seeing the people like how people interpret messages is awesome yeah because there's like several different ways a person can interpret an idea and it just depends on whatever context that they're being presented with this idea and that's just so interesting but yeah and then um so you mentioned this earlier before we were recording but you have an interview with a magazine don't worry this this is um, not going to be posted for a while so it'll like chances are it'll be over with by the time this comes out yeah uh, i participated in a after i graduated i graduated in december but then i had already like signed up to go to this conference and the people who i was going with were cool with it and my girlfriend also had to go to this conference and we were living in omaha at the time because she was student teaching so we said hey we'll like all go together with the school even though we're like not going to be on the same school bus or vans or whatever and i was going to review shows at this college theater festival uh my girlfriend was going to participate in an acting contest and while i was there i interviewed people i watched shows i wrote critiques of shows and took pictures did a lot of things and it was just I always really like that festival because I think it highlights the ways that people are doing theater in a like high quality way that isn't Broadway, which I, I think there's people underestimate the amount of resources you need to make good theater. Yeah. Uh, people think that the more money we spend on this, the better it will be. But I nope. find a lot of times it's almost opposite the case, especially like at a community theater level, like people are really obsessed with like throwing resources at things. And it's like, you could probably get the same emotional impact if you put two people in blue jeans and white shirts on a stage with a black box. You know? Oh yeah. So I, I like to see that like high quality acting as participating in this. It's called the Institute for Theater Journalism and Advocacy. What it is mainly designed for is to get people people interested in doing like arts journalism and get them interested in doing criticism especially i got runner up at that and i was like you know this is cool i got runner up awesome and then i got an email like three months later from the arts editor at the la times ashley lee very cool saying hey we're gonna do this workshop i saw you were the alternate to the national festival do you want to take part in this workshop and i was like yeah i got nothing better to do you know so i joined the festival workshop via zoom it was just like a weekend. We talked to the one of the arts critics at NPR, Bob Mandelo. We watched this show called Space Dogs on Broadway TV, which is like a Broadway streaming app, which I don't know. I am a theater person, but I didn't even know that existed. And then we like had to write a review and write a story based on this. Uh, we did like a press conference with the two guys who put together the show that we reviewed. Mm-hmm. And so we had this package where we had a critique and then we had a like story interviewing these guys. And then they would critique our work and give us feedback. And then 
it was like kind of like high school basketball in the state we're from. You have like a wild card. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but like someone can get in on like PowerPoint. It's a whole thing. They can get in even if they didn't like win in playoffs, but it was kind of like that. So like, even if you didn't win at the festival, you could still get a seat at this big criticism conference. Interesting. In, I think New York. I, I'm pretty sure the O'Neill Center is in New York, but it's at the O'Neill Center. And so, yeah, I, I participated in that. It was really cool. Met some cool people. They like shared some tips with us about freelance. And yeah, and then I got an email like last week from this person from the editor uh la times again and it was like hey this person's asking about this can i send them your email and i was like yeah go for it sounds good and so yeah i'm gonna be interviewed by a freelance writer for american theater magazine which yeah we had a lot of American theater magazines sitting on our rack in the theater department when I was an undergrad. And I was just like, oh, damn, that's kind of cool. That's extremely cool. Like, that's that's big stuff. Hopefully. I, I mean, it's, it is and it isn't. So, like, I, I should probably, like, pitch American theater magazine at some point in my career. But I get... I'm going to get all crotchety, but like journalism is a hard way to make money. I mean, yeah. Uh, and well, especially like during grad school, the amount of work and time and the ability to like get something done in a reasonable amount of time that is not for the things I have to do makes it hard to pursue that now. I have a friend who does it and like dude's writing 8,000 words a week for his job and then turns oh around God. and is writing papers for class i'm like dude you gotta like get some ice cream or something and that. <laughs> yeah chill out yeah i thought i don't know writing it, it is, it is it's it's a rough time in the media industry right now too which is sad yeah. it's kind of always a rough time in the media industry but this year has been especially rough washington post killing a lot of jobs yeah it's not helping they, they're cutting like an intense amount of people from their staff which yikes very not very not cool yeah you mentioned that one dude was writing eight thousand words on top of writing papers for class i thought a thousand words a day for ralph's class was a lot oh my god like i i liked that class there are certain things in that class i was like man i don't want to do this but i I liked how consistent it forced us to be and i oh yeah i don't write like i used to be so i I mentioned before that like most of my friends growing up were on like this minecraft server that was like very role play oriented Mm -hmm. it was like fantasy and that is that server like i was always interested in writing but it gave me a reason to write because i'd write these like backstories for people's characters for like (laughs) currency and it like really that activity made me hone my writing you know, like if something's crappy, someone's going to say, can you change this, this and this and this? And then you go and change all those things and then it's better, you know? Yeah. And that, that sort of iterative process really makes you better at writing because you have someone who's like critiquing like very fine points. And then you just kind of over time pick up what things are going to be wrong. Yeah. And then eventually you get syntax. That's pretty good. But like a class like that is so much volume and it's hard to get like specific feedback about your writing sometimes, especially about like your grammar and style. And it's just like, yeah, it's just hard to like find good. Honestly, this kind of touches back on the other question but like finding a group of people to write with i think is a really solid approach to like developing your writing but also making friends with people yeah because i feel like writers are oftentimes one a little egotistical and (laughs) seclusionary sometimes but not because they want to be just because like the process of writing is like kind of like people frame it like it's like this one guy sitting in a shed pumping out a novel and there's like all kinds of writing you can do and a lot of writing can be very very social so yeah maybe maybe that's the event instead of a game maybe it's like we start a a little night where we write short stories or something just yeah no that would be fun i don't know something like that though where it's like it's very low cost it's very low tech you just sit down with a pen and paper or keyboard and paper or keyboard and screen and you just go you know yeah and that the one of the other topics that i had for discussion is writing so i feel like we could honestly just transition into talking about writing i love writing (laughs) i do i don't know i so i love it but i never do it that's my thing yeah i do it when it's necessary or like i do it in like a journal type thing it's less a journal and more like i write my like theory ideas for things that could maybe be a paper or a point in a paper at some point Mm -hmm. and i just keep them on hand and it kind of started because i was in this this philosophy class my freshman year of college and they forced you to keep a daily journal and I did not keep a daily journal at all. Instead, wrote all of my daily journal entries right at the end of class. Uh, so the night before, 
I just like sat there and was like, all right, I'm going to stay up all night and write these journal entries and turn them in my notebook tomorrow. And then I just discovered that like the flow state of that was being like in a room alone with a pen and paper and just like writing like furiously like heady thoughts, I guess. Not, yeah. like, most of it's garbage. Don't get me wrong. But like just like the process of sitting there forces you to think and reflect on it, which I think like, it, you know, is an exercise that forces that muscle. And instead of like, I, I was doing that every day because I had to write newspaper stuff and like I like write papers for class and you know I just think a lot in general but like all of that felt like it was preparation for the marathon of just writing all of those and then turning around and writing like the final paper for that class yeah so my, my writing process would probably be greatly honed by writing more oh yeah but I don't do that I don't I I need to do that but I don't do that you know i i feel like dr hansen's class kind of forced me to like because i did become a better writer but not because my like grammar got any better it was just like i could actually have like a specific idea that i could actually get like um like an idea that i could actually get across yeah thinking about like an argument you want to make or like yeah. a question you want to answer or like the that is that class forced you to like distill your ideas into something that was like concrete that you could actually write around yeah and a lot of the times that dr hansen would like get kind of like maybe not upset with people but be like when he would do like this stand-ups where he's like all right we're reading these in class and we're yeah going to see what works and what doesn't a lot of times he was like dude you need, you need to focus like this has like 10 ideas in it like, if, yeah this would be fine if it was a book but this isn't a book you can't do that you know like and that was that was really valuable advice because like and a lot of his advice to other people too was just like, I need you to like form this into an argument, form this into something like useful. Yeah. Um, like what, what is the idea you're getting at? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, pick one. What are you going for here? And then, and then the ones he liked were like, you know, Kristen's car story where it's like, just focused yeah. on her going to a car show. And it's like, he's like, that's awesome. I like that. Good. Or like the one I like, even though the one I wrote about the river wasn't like, like Kristen did like a very like straightforward, like here's like what's happening at this river. And she's been really involved in like the water stuff, mm -hmm. uh, working with the professor's lab there that focuses on that. And that meanwhile, I was just like wrote really like angry, sad poetry about the river having no water in it. Uh, yeah. For my blog posts and like wove it in with like, just like my furious rants. Um, and even though it was like pretty incohesive as as like a like topic to topic like it, it had this feeling to it it had you know it captured how i felt about the river in a way that i was very proud of and dr hansen really resonated with it so yeah like it was focused on like my reaction to something but it didn't like if you read it it's still like from point to point it's not a coherent argument it is a very much like an art piece i guess yeah it's more like theatrical than argumentative i guess that at the end of that class that uh blog post that i wrote open letter to redacted yeah i i, I was i was gonna bring that up because uh, like that i one was like that hey, was that was supposed to better in this class that was supposed to be a throwaway like <laughs> i wrote that and i was like yeah this isn't gonna be like i don't want i mean i, I wrote it but it was like it was just kind of like an off the cuff just like i just want to get to get this off of my chest kind of thing and then he a lot of mine were like that too and then he put it up on class and i was like oh no oh no i'm gonna cry <laughs> But because it was just it was literally just because I was at that point for uh, one of my classes, I was doing uh, research into uh, like prisons and like, I guess, communication research into prisons and, and sort of different rehabilitations that could work. And I was doing research into like uh, restorative justice and things like that. And one of my friends, I mean, he's getting out of prisons soon or, so, or like someone that i used to be friends with uh when i was a kid has just gone down a really not a great path and so doing that research kind of just opened up a lot of emotions that i just kind of ignored for quite a while and so at the end of the year or at the end of the the semester i was just like i'll just just write this just to get this off of my chest and then i can actually write the thing that i'm supposed to write and then i get to class and he's like where did this come from and i was like oh no i think the ones that like do like i, th I think writing when it does come from like that kind of like thing that you're just naturally like for whatever reason like have a strong reaction to is some of the like it, i feel like 
like that's when you do your best writing. And that's not to say go and be distraught, right? Because being distraught sucks. Yeah. And it's just like under like it's like pay attention to what you pay attention to is um a saying that comes from the Anthropocene reviewed by John Green. Yeah. Uh, that that's the other thing with my writing. Like I consume way too much John Green. Yeah. And so like at, at a certain point my writing was like taking on this form where it was like very John Greeny and I was like, yeah, I, I, I'm like, I don't know. My voice, because I've had to write so much content that was in a different like context. So like class writings, playwriting, writing for newspapers, doing my like personal writing. Like my my writing never got a chance to develop its own like necessarily strong voice. I developed syntax, but never like my own like personal point of view per se. Yeah. And then I was like really resonated with John Green's writing and it was like, damn, the last like four things I've written are just like these could be read by a John Green and a vlog brothers video and they would probably sound fine i was like i i gotta get away from this like yeah. imitation to find what is like really from me and that's where like the emotional sort of like what what i care about like the advice of paying attention to what you pay attention to is very helpful advice and also helps you identify what you care about and what is going to work when you write i think yeah maybe, maybe. and i don't know like I care about science journalism. I just wrote a paper about science journalism and the professor was like, yeah, I like this. This is good, you know? So it's like, if you can find ways to bring in what you care about to your writing, I think a lot of times it gives you just like a reason to care and a reason to get excited about sitting down and doing the project. There were a lot of assignments for, for that class that I just like, I, I just kind of sat down, spent five, 10 minutes writing and I was like, okay, that's it. Yeah, me too. But I, no, definitely like there were specific ones where you would like need to go interview someone in the community and it's like, this is fine. And it's like a cool project, but it's kind of more cool as a project if it's like people of New York, which is the original idea that yeah. it's like a very long term consistent project with a like high volume of people as opposed to doing it as like a one off in these kind of big bursts. And I've never been a fan of that. Yeah, a lot of that's a thing in a lot of communication departments for journalism students. And it's just like, I mean, I know what people are going for and the original idea is cool and you got to develop interview skills somehow. But like, I don't know, man, it's just not if low stakes, it works. But as a pedagogical tool, I don't know. I'm not a biggest fan. No, because like I don't know. I, I teaching tool. Yeah, you got it. I feel like my interview skills come from just the fact that like the very basic principle of I need information. How do I get that information? And oddly yeah. enough, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons kind of helps with that. <laughs> no, no, definitely does. I I would agree with that. I think Dungeons and Dragons helps a lot with people's ability to speak and to oh, yeah. be imaginative. I think it's really beneficial. I, I mean, people, there's all kinds of things people do. People do like Toastmasters, which is like public speaking kind of thing. I've been wanting to do that. I know some people like just like jump straight into doing like improv and things. I'm like, that sounds hard, but more power to you. Uh, it, just like trial by fire for your confidence and self-esteem, I feel like. I, I don't know. I don't I don't know what the best way to develop it is, but yeah, there's, there's got to be a better way. Like, come on, just like bring in some people one day and like have them interview the people yeah like in front of a professor almost but I, I know it's like kind of nerve-wracking but like well, i feel like you could get more pointers and like kind of get feedback on things you're doing that might throw people off i don't know there's ways to do it that i think are better than the people of new york approach that a lot of places yeah. use because like if you're going because i feel like when you interview somebody you've got to figure out what you want from them because if you just interview somebody to just interview somebody then it's just like what are you doing you're just like you're just having a conversation like you're not probably you're probably not getting what you want uh what you need so like when you're interviewing somebody professionally it's like what do you need from them and then you know go from there like how do you get what you need so i mean if you bring someone in you gotta have you gotta have them you gotta have like a prompt of some sort like yeah. okay you gotta have their questions down at the very least like yeah if you go in without any idea you're you're done for yeah and the, the thing the the problem with like the humans of new york thing is like there's a specific reason that you know the original blogger is going out and talking to these people when you do it in a small town it's like okay well what i mean what what's the goal here just to talk to random people like yeah and 
you know, it's very much like, like, it, like when you say like, uh, we talk about this in theater sometimes too, like a motivation can be as simple as I want the answer to a very basic question. Like, what are we having for dinner? You know, it doesn't have to be like, I want them to like, get down on one knee and propose to me right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? it, the want does not need to be anything serious. It could literally be as simple as uh, what did the school board say? Or what did, how did you feel about the new traffic light that they're going to put up? It can be like, yeah, literally any, any question that someone has a response to that you don't already know and that, so like if you already know it and your answer you're asking it like the motivation is like i gotta get these words to like have a quote in my story you know it's yeah. useless but if you like actually genuinely don't know and you go and ask oftentimes those are the best questions yeah uh, in an interview yeah and it's like that's like really obvious but journalists i've talked to don't always do that <laughs> a lot of time it's like i'm gonna go and fish for this like one quote that i know that someone's gonna say and then it's gonna be in the story and it's like e i mean i guess but i mean at that point you're and just don't get like me wrong i've done i've done that too like you're on deadline you gotta you gotta hustle and you don't always have the time to like deep dive every issue but like in an ideal world you kind of when you do have the chance to like come back and take a bite at the apple a second time with like a more like okay so how exactly does this all work and then you just sit there and they tell you like that that can be really yes sometimes yeah exactly for the senior capstone for my major my communications major we had to do a case study on uh, on an organization uh, and so I decided to do my job which I work at a recycling center and I sort of knew like on the ground level how it worked but I was like okay there are some things that I don't know I'm gonna write them down here's what I need to know for the paper and then I talked to my boss and I was like okay we're probably gonna be talking for like 30-ish minutes because I have a lot of questions and <laughs> we're gonna go from there and I got a lot of good information out of it because it's like oh how does this work okay so where does this money go to like how do you get the budget who's in charge what's the chain of command like you got to figure out and, and we can tie this back to writing too where it's like what is the one thing like like what is what is your argument i guess like what are you looking for what is the thing that you want and then you know find that idea and go for that you know yeah yeah it's definitely like you have to know what it is you know and what you don't know and then and you're writing you need to get at what you know you need to get that out and then you need to say here's why i'm still looking for or here's what i found out when i didn't know these things and then yeah. i went to look for it you know like that is because the reader is going to also like sit there and go well i don't know how this works you know and if you just write what you know they're probably gonna be eh, they might not know what you're talking about but if you write from a perspective of here's what i knew at the start and then say like there's a there's a YouTube channel that does this really well called Answer in Progress. And in that they were literally like just show the process of them looking for an answer to a question. And they like show like as a narrative, like the research process, the like them looking for people to talk to. It's really it they're really well done. And I think that that's like I think that there's a way for like journalism specifically to benefit from that approach because it, a lot of times journalism tries to frame itself as like having the answers. Yeah. Even though like it, it both wants to like have the answers but also be perceived as a group of people going out and getting answers for other people. If that yeah. makes sense. But when it, it frames itself and its content as like, we have all the answers, you don't need to look further as opposed to we are someone whose job is literally to like go and answer questions that people might have about things. And here's our process of how we did that. Yeah. And then like you, you still end up with the same amount of information at the end. Uh, it's just like, how did you get there? And did you like pull back the curtain and show people like the process of like why you even looked the places you did? I think especially again, like this is not all writing necessarily, but like journalism specifically, like there's so much emphasis on like being objective and like not inserting yourself in the story. But I think that like you can almost get like a more like informational understanding by inserting yourself in the story and like seeing the like the questions that people asked and like yeah you can be like okay well why then why didn't they ask this question and then there's like it lets you like see like new questions that could maybe arise or like related questions yeah when you when you only have the answers it doesn't give you necessarily the same ability to form new questions that might be useful yeah um, that that's like really like long-winded and kind of theoretical or like there's lots of debates about like how objectivity should work in journalism but yeah that's that's my perspective that i try to share with people often uh when we talk about like objectivity and yeah you know, asking interview questions and yeah i don't know it's really interesting because 
I'm very much of this like idea that like when you're writing, like it, none of it comes from nowhere. It is all comes from like your past experience or your imagination. That's like the only two places you can draw from, you know? And if you don't draw from one of those two places, your past experience can be like things you read on the internet to be clear. But yeah, if you're not drawing from those, you're literally writing about something that you have no idea about, you know, like, and that's fine. I can be fine. But a lot of times it ends up showing that you don't have an idea or that you didn't start out with an idea. So like forming that argument is like the number one way people can improve their writing after like learning how to properly use commas. And even tying it back to that one blog post, open letter to redacted, there are like, I have open-ended questions to that redacted friend that that are like, that probably won't be answered uh, unless I, you know, talk to him but you know it's like here's me going on about like being childhood friends and it was like so where did it go wrong like is it because of this is it because of this like you Mm -hmm. know here's some questions i don't know the answer to here's what i know and then i kind of end with like well like when you because you have to want to get better when you get or when you want to get better i'm here like and then maybe i can get some questions answered or like you can get some questions answered but it's like you know you have to even in your own writing like i guess ask some questions that you may not get the answer to yeah i I think that like humans are by nature curious i think i think curiosity is really important to the way society works and i i think that like showing those questions and like showing like what we don't know yet and even asking like you know maybe it's not something that i can like research empirically but like i can ask questions about like why like i'm trying to think of like a specific example that doesn't make me too sad but like why things happen happened one way and not another way and like you'll never have an actual answer but like it still kind of can be therapeutic to think about sometimes yeah or like to explore yeah i i think that that's really interesting i th- i think the way that you handled like the open-ended questions in that piece too it was like it felt it made it more feel more genuine because like he those sorts of things like where you just lose track of someone's life you know like yeah and then you then you like think about him again and you look him up and you're like what happened here like how did how did this go from the last point where I was like in touch with you to now? It's yeah, just, I don't know. Very especially when things have like gone wrong. Oh yeah, it, it's it's like can be very hard. It's like like I, the context where a lot of times it comes up is like people dying, unfortunately. But like, yeah, it kind of goes to show like going back to friendship. Like people don't have infinite energy to like be friends with everybody unfortunately yeah but it doesn't really take all that much to like shoot someone a question every once in a while you know just to like and see what they're up to or maybe that you are working on a problem and you like and maybe instead of going to google you ask a friend instead yeah like things like like in the old days people would call their mom to find out like how to make food when they're <laughs> yeah uh, you know and like no like seriously they'd be like how did you make that awesome lasagna how did you make like your pork chops or yeah like, you're like breading for the chicken how did that work and then there's no recipe for it that you can google it's literally like yeah have, oftentimes either they just know it or maybe they have like a little index card with like the recipe for it that yeah they don't even use anymore because they have done it so many times you know like things like that just don't exist anymore because people are so quick to be like i don't know did you google it and it's like dude that's well, like <laughs> not the point of why i asked you a question you know yeah I, I, it's like the social interaction component of asking questions is really important and like sharing curiosity with others and sharing answers with others is a great way to like build more social glue into the way we have relationships especially now that like everyone's relationships are like abstracted into these machines that are like just making money for social media companies you know yeah it, it it's just there's a lot of power in just like asking somebody you know for for something like like just like hey do you by chance know how to solve this problem and then you have that interaction and it's like i don't know it just it builds something like there, there's something just, I, yeah there's just something there that's think- just like you know it, it just builds on something and then it, you, you grow from that even if it's something as stupid as like hey can you help me change my tire or something like that can i get help with this camera that i'm working on this microphone on? tying like, it like, all the right way back. back all the way back a full circle ah, I, I can't remember you was that a DMD thing or is that a slam jamly thing? I don't even remember. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> there, there was some like there is some big jerk that someone had about like a circle or it was a whole thing. I don't know, but uh, we are running out of time, and I feel like with tying it all the way back, I feel like that is 
the perfect way to end this podcast. Is there? A, do you want to plug anything? This is kind of your moment to to plug whatever you want to plug. I won't plug anything in my own, but oh, what can I plug? Let me like pop open YouTube real fast and be like, what's a good channel more people should watch? You know, yeah, uh, Monterey Bay Aquarium for all of your relaxing and just wanting to watch fish vibe around and listen to music needs when you're studying good stuff or if you're stressed it doesn't have to be studying it's good stuff monterey bay aquarium anything else you want to plug anything you want to plug your twitter where can people because you have a twitch i don't uh, have anything i have a twitch i'm never gonna stream on twitch again, <laughs> probably i have twitter but don't go don't start a twitter don't go on twitter i don't know well, I, I have nothing unfortunately any any last thoughts or anything you want to leave the uh any, anything you want to leave to the audience ask people weird questions more often and not google okay that's it that's my main thing yeah i mean that is that is completely fair ask people weird questions google can only do so much to build friendships but that is all the time we have today thank you so much for listening please rate and review this podcast if you liked it any and all feedback is very much appreciated mitch thank you so much for joining me thank you for having me so i will see you all later bye